Hello, and welcome back to the People Analytics Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce, CEO and founder of StaffGeek. I would like to welcome my guest to the show today, Stephanie Hammerwalt. Stephanie is the Director of Human Resources at Arcules, a tech startup that has developed a cloud-based solution for video data management. Stephanie's HR career spans the grocery, manufacturing, warehousing, and tech industries. She spends her spare time running an all-volunteer nonprofit that helps formerly incarcerated people get back to work and advocates for fair chance hiring. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm doing well um, in day 1000 and whatever in uh, remote work life. <laughs> right. Uh, about as well as we can, right? Given the nature yeah. of all the limitations, but we're making of it what we can. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on the show. We're excited to talk about the topic today. Before we jump into that, if you could please give some background for our listeners. Take us to uh, current day and how you got to be doing the work that you're doing today. Yeah, I actually, I think a lot of HR people have the story that we kind of fall into HR or HR finds us instead of, um, I think I've only worked with one HR person who said I wanted to be an HR director when I grew up. Um, but I went on a, on a temp job years ago when I was living in Santa Cruz and it was a an HR assistant um, because the job I'd moved there hoping to get kind of fell through and um, it was my very first temp job and I was like, okay, I'll do this for a little while and that way I can at least have a paycheck while I look for something else. Well, I ended up staying at that company for seven years and rose up the ranks up to an HR manager um, that was a manufacturing and distribution company and ended up being the HR manager of a warehouse with about 200 employees in it. Um, and then moved on to a grocery chain up in the Santa Cruz area um, shortly after that. Um, and then that's when I started my own consulting business, which is ultimately what led me to Arcules. Because uh, several years ago, one of my friends reached out and said, hey, I have this you know, two-month part-time consulting gig. It should be pretty easy. They just need to get basic HR set up. It's a tech startup, so it should be fun. And I was like, okay, good. I'm looking for something easy to do. And those were my famous last words because the first day was insanity. Um, there's only a couple of us and I sat in the office with the um, now CEO Andreas and he's like okay we need to hire 15 engineers in six weeks and we need to hire for culture fit because culture fit is what's really important I said well there's just two of us sitting in this office what culture but really what he was doing was he was outlining a vision for what he wanted to create And a lot of times, you know, I've been involved in opening new grocery stores or opening a new distribution center. And there's very much this mentality of just find bodies to fill seats. Um, But we didn't do that. From day one, we had a list of here are the technical skills people need. But there's also this list of here's the kind of person we want. Here are the personality traits. Here's the work ethic. This is what's equally as important as having that skill set. Um, So, you know, for me, it's been highly unusual to work with executive level people who have that culture-based mindset. Usually that's coming from HR saying, hey, we should really hire people that are a good fit for our company, not just you know to fill open recs. Um, and so that kind of led me down this path where the, that first month or so, I was like, I cannot wait for this two months to be up because <laughs> this is crazy. And then somewhere around two months in, I was like, wow, I really like this place. It's growing on me. Um, and then they kept extending my contract to the point where they were just basically like, you know, you've been here long enough, let's just make you full-time. Uh, so ended my consulting, um, you know, that I'd done for a few years and have been full-time with Arcules ever since. That was in early 2018. That's awesome. Uh, sounds like a super successful ending to that story. Um, yeah. And obviously, brighter things to look forward to in the future as well. I find super fascinating about the HR professionals and talent acquisition leaders that we interview on the show. 
what the the true diversity to their background, which is really interesting. It, I think in a, in a way, it certainly makes sense, right? If you're dealing with people and um, managing people and people come from all different types of uh, backgrounds and diversities as well too. So I think it speaks well to the position. And then obviously you've already shined some light on what we wanted to talk about today more, which was that hiring for culture fit. You know, what is it? What does it mean? How do you do it kind of thing, which is where it would be great to kind of start next. Sounds like it was uh, something you were, you know, meant to kind of just figure out. So I'd be curious to learn more about what that journey was like for you and a couple answers to those questions in terms of how you managed to accomplish it. Yeah. And one of the nice things about our culture that we built is we don't have a lot of hierarchies. We have, you know, a mostly flat organization. Um, you know, it's not a hundred percent flat. We do have an executive level and whatnot, but really we value the opinion of an entry level employee as much as we do our senior level employees. Um, and there's no like fancy bureaucracy you have to go through to try a new idea. Um, which is a funny thing to watch some of our new hires when they start because they'll go to the next person above them or to the CTO and say, oh, I have this new thing I want to try. How can I get it approved? And we kind of laugh and say, go do it. <laughs> See what happens. You don't need to ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness later. Um, and so that's, you know, I get to do that as well with HR. You know, we're, we have about 65 employees and I'd say about 40 of those are on our engineering team. So we have a lot of very technical people, but even those of us that are, in the non-engineering professions. Um, so I've got to try out a lot of different things for refining our hiring process. Um, one of the biggest successes we've had is bringing in a lot of people in the interview process. So it's not just the hiring managers that are interviewing, but all of our team members on the engineering team. Right now we're hiring a lot of software engineers. Um, and so we have all kinds of people making up those interview teams. So not every candidate is interviewed by the same people. Um, candidates will go through an initial half hour phone call with one of our software engineers. And we try, try to pair them up with somebody we think will fit really well with them um, based on what we see on the resume. And then we do a technical interview where we try to pair them with a team of three people that are, you know, similar backgrounds. And so they're the ones assessing who we're going to hire. Because our philosophy is, you know, those people are hiring their coworkers and their teammates. So they're the, really the best judges of who's going to fit well on the team. Because my, whenever they keep asking me, so what are we looking for? What's the profile? I'm like, go up to the mirror, look at yourself. <laughs> what makes you a great employee here? That's what we want to hire. Um, and so that means they're fully engaged in bringing people on board in a way that at other companies, when it's just the hiring manager making those decisions, um, you might have a new coworker show up and you don't meet them until their first day. Um, so I think that has been one of the most exciting things to launch um, within the last couple of years is how we engage the whole team in the interview process um, and not just make it like, you know, a traditional manager decision. It makes so much sense because, mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like you're almost like cutting out some steps there where, yeah. and it probably works well for both parties, right? Mm -hmm. For the prospects or the prospective candidates and the team members as well too. They get it's like a try before you buy kind of thing. Yeah. That sounds like it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. And that's what I, I like too, is it gives our candidates a chance to understand our culture better because they're hearing that from the people they would work with. And our technical interview includes a coding challenge and an architecture challenge. Um, so they're getting to work on a problem and come up with solutions in the middle of that interview. So it kind of gives them the experience of this is how it would feel to work with these people. Um, so it's a way for us to advertise our culture because I think a lot of companies you'll have those buzzwords and whatnot on your website um, but we allow people to see that we don't just make that a bunch of words 
it makes so much sense. I, I love the idea. I'd be curious also to know, how does your internal team respond to this, uh, this program that you developed? Um, what is their reaction to it? Um, so I think it's been really positive. Um, you know, obviously the, the one challenge is taking up all that time on uh, people's calendars with interviews, um, but it also means we get to space that out. So I can, you know, usually set it up. So it, like at a time like this, when we're hiring a lot of people, um, a software engineer will only have one or two interviews during the week. If we had a hiring manager just doing those interviews, that person's calendar would have like 10 interviews this week. Um, so it actually works out to their benefit to be able to spread that over. If I have about 20 people that I can use to make up interview teams, um, it means nobody's overly burdened by having to do um, tons and tons of those. So yeah, the response has been pretty good. It, it's taken a little while though, you know, especially when we bring new hires into the process, um, for them to understand like they have a huge say in who we hire. And they're used to being in, in environments where the manager's the sole one making that decision, or maybe the manager in, H, in partnership with HR. Um, so that's been kind of fun to see people come out of their shells a little bit because they, they are all super nervous in the beginning. And then they get the hang of it, and you realize like these people have some really good things to say. When we were in the office, um, we used to do a quick stand-up after an interview where we pulled together the people that were in the interview and the CTO and I would do some quick fire questions to get a good feel for how they like the candidate. Um, and we were getting some really interesting feedback that you know maybe we wouldn't have noticed that those team members were, were seeing in candidates and really understanding like, oh, well, you know, I, I could see myself working with this person and they, you know, they, they have that spark and that curiosity that would make them a good fit. To be a fly on the wall, I am so curious to learn more about this process. I want to like, I want to go through it. <laughs> You're making me uh, get very, it's very exciting thinking about that as an experience because it's, it sounds like real progress on your traditional hiring methods, if you will, but with benefit for all involved, which is awesome. I love it. It's innovative. Uh, it makes me think it's better. Uh, it's more efficient with regard to resources. So like you said, not one person's calendar or schedule is dominated to participate yeah. in that interview process. And then for the existing team members, they get an opportunity to figure out, okay, what is it like to work with said individual? And it helps them be more inclusive of your culture. So they're contributing to it at the same time. Um, so yeah, I want to continue to pick your brain about this because it's fascinating. And next question I have is, you know, how do you go about matching a prospect with uh, an existing employee or someone that's already on your team to do the hiring? So often with that, we, we try to find similar skill sets, and that's an area we lean a little heavier on those traditional things that we look at. You know, what are, do they lean more front end or back end? Um, or, you know, do they have, you know, are they at a senior level? So we want to pair them with another senior level engineer. Um, so that's more what we look at with those, the initial interviews, because we also know those are the people that are going to best assess their skill level. Anybody in the company is you know by virtue of working at the company skilled at defining culture fit and that's one thing too a lot you know some companies make the mistake of saying hr owns culture or the executive team owns culture and while they those leadership roles have to model that behavior and set the tone really we all own culture um so like I said, by virtue of being an employee of Arcules, you're qualified to make that assessment. Um, so yeah, it's, I think more and more repairing, that's when we, we lean a little heavily on the, the technical skill set. That certainly makes sense, right? Because then they have something in common, something to begin the conversation with. And it's also going to be more effective too, because you know that's, that's your existing team members' area of expertise. So if they need to evaluate 
fit from that perspective as well too, right? Because it's a balance. And we talked about this before. Love to hear you talk about that as well in terms of how you figure out that balance and what the split looks like between hiring for tech. Uh, so like almost like cognitive skills based and then hire, hiring for this behavioral component, right? The personality characteristics, values and culture. Yeah. And I, th I think, you know, like with the technical skill, we can do all kinds of tests. And one thing we, we used to do a coding challenge um, that was done in the candidate's own time. And we had a low completion rate because, you know, what we realized is tech is super competitive right now. So somebody could look at that and say, you know what, I don't want to put the four to eight hours into that coding challenge. I have five other opportunities over here. You know, forget about it. Plus, most of them, the people we interview are currently working. So if they're working full time and then we're expecting them to put 48 hours into a coding challenge, plus their family or personal life commitments, you know, that was what was leading to our low completion rate. So that's why we incorporated it into the interview. We tell them you don't have to prepare anything. Just show up with yourself and your brain and, um, you know, it'll be an interactive process within the interview um, rather than making them sit down. So those things in some ways are easier to test because you can have them prove themselves right there in the interview. And if they don't know how to, you know, use react or whatever um, the task is in, that's going to be pretty apparent quickly, but it's really in those conversations and interactions where you get the culture fit feel. You want to have that, that spark where you say, Oh yeah, this is the kind of person that I would want to go grab lunch with or go play ping pong on our campus. You know, thinking back to when we were <laughs> all in, together in person, but yeah, that's sure. really, you know, and that, that kind of is, when you break it down that way, it's easier to measure culture fit. Um, I just really answered that question is somebody I want to sit next to and work with and collaborate with and joke with when we're standing in the kitchen, grabbing our coffee. Good point. So I want to learn from you as well too, in terms of how do you define your culture, measure your culture, and then use it for all these purposes, you know, are there tools are using other processes that you're using? Was this a collaborative thing you worked on as a team? Love to learn a, bit, a little bit more about how you guys have done that as well. Yeah, so Andreas, our CEO, and, the, and when we have those early conversations about culture, what he said is he wanted people that, you know, could work independently, that weren't afraid to take risks, that would just jump in feet first and start experimenting and pushing boundaries with the technology. We've developed a cloud-based application for managing all the kind of video data coming from security cameras. Um, and being cloud-based in our industry is new. Um, it's, you know, we're doing a lot of things that this industry hasn't seen before. Um, and so we need people who aren't just going to think in the same old way. Um, and they can't be afraid to experiment. Like I said, we don't want people who are going to sit there and be hesitant and think like, oh, I have to get buy-in from all these people to try something new. They need to be okay with taking that risk, trying it. And even if it fails, knowing that rather than getting in trouble, the response is going to be, okay, it didn't work. What are you going to do to fix it? Um, and that. Freedom is, it's really exciting to watch employees adapt to that. Now, some employees you talk to and they say, or candidates, I should say, um, you know, that they want guardrails. They want clearly defined pathways. Those people probably aren't a good fit. And I don't think it's bad that some people want that. It's just an acknowledgement that we don't all fit in every environment. Um, I've worked in a lot of companies where we've, you know, opened new stores or opened new locations. And so I've kind of constantly had to build that startup mentality and I think if I went into a large corporation that has, was just doing the same old, same old, I wouldn't be a good fit. I wouldn't be a culture fit there. Um, and so that's really what, what we want to make sure that we're finding the right person to fit within our 
you know, unique, crazy environment. Just like any company should be looking for that. Everybody kind of has their unique little bubble that they build at the company. And, you know, we don't fit it all fit into each one. Um, and another thing we do in terms of like an actual metric is we use the Hogan assessment. Um, and that's something we've had in place since the beginning. Um, and it's a personality assessment designed specifically for workplace use. And the cool thing about that is, you know, it's similar to like Myers-Briggs or any of those kinds of tests. Um, but it allows us to kind of look at the results in the context of somebody's job. So there's no like one Arcules profile. Um, but there are certain traits that we want to look for and we look at them in alignment with the job description. When I hire people for sales, we're looking for a, a much different set of strengths and traits than we are for our software engineers. You know, we want salespeople that are driven by money and commission and getting more customers and are very outgoing, which aren't traits that are always associated with our software engineers. So, yeah, I've heard you mention this a couple of times, and it certainly makes sense that there are unique aspects to what you're looking for, sometimes broken up even more specifically than just the organization as a whole, right, from a higher level cultural values perspective. That's important, obviously, but then sounds like there's some subtle nuance to the work that's also going to be done, and you're using some tools to figure that out. I'd be curious to learn more about that as well, too. You mentioned the Hogan. How are you using the Hogan tool for those purposes? And how did you get the data that you needed and, and how is it part of your process now? Yeah, so the reason we actually started using it is the consultant who reached out to me you know, a little over three years ago to, that initially brought me into Arcules at, at the very beginning, um, she'd been certified in the Hogan. So she started doing it with candidates in the beginning and I eventually got certified in um, interpreting results. Um, and so, we use that at the very end of the interview process. So once somebody's gone through all the interview stages and whatnot, um, we'll send them the Hogan assessment and kind of look at it to see if there's any potential challenge areas that didn't come up in the interview. So like I said, we're not looking for the perfect ideal person. We recognize everybody's got challenge areas. You know, one of my things that came up in the profile was I have a hard time delegating. And I was aware of that when I got my results. So I kind of laughed when I got that, but it, it's helped me to see like, that's something I have to work on and I have to trust people to take on certain tasks and not, hold everything so close. Um, and that's another way we use that tool as well, is if we know that this person has those potential challenge areas when they start, these are areas that we need to coach them on and help them to grow. Um, and it's, so it's been quite successful that way because managers get some good insights into a new hire before they even start. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it's really valuable as part of the process as well too. That was one of, one of gonna be one of my questions. I think you may have answered it, but I'd be curious to hear more as well too. Um, do you share the assessment results with either the prospective candidates or who you ultimately decide to hire? And at what point do you do that? And how are they able to use it to improve? And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, so sometimes we'll do a follow-up once we get the Hogan results if we still have some unanswered questions we want to bring up. Um, and so we don't usually share the full results unless we do some kind of read back with the candidate. Um, but we do, once somebody starts with us, I offer them the chance to do an hour-long session with me to go through their results in in depth which has been kind of fun because then i can tell them too you're already hired we've already seen your hugging results don't worry this <laughs> right. is not a test um and can talk through some of the things with them and it gives them a good foundation because um the hogan comes with a bunch of reports as well that give you um insight and feedback on how to work on those challenge areas um so yeah as we think about like growing the people that we have 
um, I think that's where it becomes a valuable tool so that they know kind of a pathway forward. Um, because, you know, we, we're still a fairly young company, so we don't have formal like leadership training structure set up. Um, so any of that kind of mentorship we can provide in real time, I think that's what, what helps our employees to, to get a lot out of their experience at Arcules. Very good. And you've mentioned a couple of times too that you've used the Hogan towards the tail end of the hiring mm -hmm. process. Uh, I'd be curious to know if you use anything process or tool-wise to the earlier portion of the hiring process, if that's just an internal process that perhaps you developed or if you'd ever entertain using tools for that purpose or at that point in the process as well also. And if not, I'd love to know uh, in particular why you feel that it's probably not important or just mm -hmm not in an area where you're going to focus on at least right now with having any kind of tools or anything involved in the earlier part of the hiring process? Um, I think it's more right now, just the size that we're at. We're a smaller company, but you know, I think as we grow more and want to integrate more kind of analytics and other tools in that process, um, that might be something we explore. Um, that's, like I said, that's the cool thing about being at Arcules is I can move and adapt the process along the way. Um, like that's even happening with our review process. We keep trying different, ways to do our performance reviews to find something that sticks and we're getting kind of experimental with how we do that um, and our next try because i've tried like traditional paper reviews and that stuff and people want reviews but they don't want to complete that process <laughs> so trying to find something that fits for us means i have to kind of keep an open mind because there's the traditional hr part of my brain it's like we need this document and it has to be formal and all that um, so we're potentially looking at doing more of a document and one-on-one -on -one where after that meeting the manager writes a quick narrative and the employee writes a quick narrative of these are the things we talked about here are my goals here are the areas i want to keep working on um, so it's much more like structured formal feedback rather than performance review. So I almost see some of that kind of happening at, you know, over the next couple of years as we grow and change our interview processes, how can we get better at hiring people? Um, and how can we get better at understanding, you know, is this person the right fit and streamlining the process more and more? So yeah, I know there's a lot of tools out there and I'm kind of anxious to, to explore and get my hands on some of that stuff to see if it's a good fit for us. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of learn about what's next from where you are. Like you said, as you grow, I'm sure there'll be opportunities or needs that you have and you'll go looking for something at that point. What um, I think you may have answered as part of your latest response, but what is the current focus now or the kind of next immediate step for any of this people analytics work uh, at Arcules? You know, I think really finding ways to better understand um, how people are adapting to remote work. Because in terms of getting our work done, you know, we have metrics on that. We can see the progress people are making on working on the product. We can look at our sales team and see, you know, what they're selling, what their numbers are. Um, but really kind of understanding the emotional side of everything we're going through, because we're not just working from home. We're working from home during a global crisis, right? Uh, so it's not just like, oh, cool, I can work in my pajamas. Um, it's, right. you know, every time you turn on the news, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened now? Um, so really if there's ways that we can kind of measure and understand and kind of get a good feel of the pulse of the company when it comes to, you know, stress levels, mental health, mental well-being, um, that kind of stuff, you know, that's where I see that I want to invest more because I think we're going to be remote for a long time, just looking at what's going on with COVID numbers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and we're even talking about, you know, when it's safe to return to the office, we'll probably do much more of a hybrid approach to how we work and allowing people a lot more flexibility to decide how often they'll be in the office. 
um, because we've been doing this since mid-March and, you know, we've done pretty well in terms of productivity. Um, but then, you know, I want to make sure people are getting that social interaction because I can tell everybody's really missing each other. I mean, I yeah, that's I the, that makes sense, especially if you've built an awesome culture mm-hmm. where uh, it's hard to replicate that uh, completely remote, right? Where yeah. you've, you know, I'm sure, like you've said, there's motivation to want to have that back, at least in small doses, you know, mm-hmm. obviously once it becomes safe. So that's exciting. I'm interested to learn more about that. I would say it'd be great to have you back too, as you can kind of tell us more about updates in terms of having grown and implemented some of these other things. I'd love to know how well that works. And I'm sure other mm-hmm. listeners are going to want to know too. So thank you for being here. A couple questions for you before we let you go. The mm-hmm. first one is, uh, are there any resources that you would share with our audience about the topics we talked about here today or anywhere else where they can go to learn more? Yeah, our Hercules blog is a good um, resource because we do have a couple posts on there from me as well as several of our employees who talk about their experience at Arcules. And I think that's, you know, when it comes to explaining culture, um, that's one of the best resources for us is to hear it from our own employees. Um, so I'd encourage people to check that out. Um, you know, and I've had a couple posts that, um, you know, I've, I've talked specifically about culture. I've been putting my voice out there a lot more about that because I think it's something that in HR we really need to be talking about and focusing on, especially in tech, because we're, we have to be super competitive. Um, so people don't just want a good salary and good benefits. They want to, you know, have coworkers they really like working with. So, yeah, those are probably the, some of the best resources, the things that I've put out in the last year. That's awesome. I've read some of it and it's fantastic. So we're going to link to it and we encourage others to, to read it as well too. And then uh, the other opportunity I was going to mention as well too, you're involved with a, a nonprofit that we had mentioned or talked a little bit about uh, earlier. It'd be great if you could say a couple of words about that because that sounds awesome. And I'd love to mention that for people. Yeah, it's called Pacific Reentry Career Services. And I founded it with a friend a few years ago. um, Because when I first got my start in HR, when I was living in Santa Cruz, I was volunteering in a women's jail doing an art and writing workshop. And so I started talking to women I was working with there um, about what I did on the outside. And when they said, Oh, you work in HR, you're like the people that don't hire us. And it really got me to thinking, you know, how as HR professionals, we're gatekeepers and make those decisions. And if we just automatically say, if you have a criminal record, we're not going to consider you. That's one third of the adult population in this country that we're turning our backs on. Um, so I spent years thinking about how I can get more involved. And when I had the chance a few years ago to start a nonprofit um, as a side project where I could, you know, mentor job seekers, especially formerly incarcerated women, um, and, you know, and I've started working with some women that are currently incarcerated as well um, via the the secure email system they have where you can email people in jails to help get them ready for a release. Um, you know, and also talking to other HR professionals about why we should embrace fair chance hiring policies, you know, meaning like in California, we are a ban the box state. So you can't ask on a job application. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Um, you have to wait till you get to the conditional offer stage to ask about criminal record or do a background check. Um, so that's really opened my eyes to th- that this is this pool of people that are ready to work and a lot of them know the value of a job. So once they get in a job and start rebuilding their lives, it gets them further and further away from those bad decisions they made. Um, so I see it as my little way of using my powers of HR for good instead of evil. <laughs> That's my, my joke about it. Um, but just really as a way to give back um, and to find ways to kind of make the world a better place even outside of the workplace. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing and obviously your contribution to society in that way. So mm-hmm. anything we could do to help in that effort, obviously too, please let us know. We'd like to get involved as well too. 
Um, and then last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Uh, LinkedIn is the best way. I'm pretty easy to find on there with the last name, like Hammerwold. Um, if you search for that name, you'll probably either find me or uh, my brother or one of my cousins. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the nice thing about having this last name is there's not very many of us. So we're pretty easy to find online. Um, and I'd be happy to connect with people and talk more about workplace culture, fair chance hiring, or just the HR life in general. Very good. Well, thank you for providing, Stephanie. Uh, I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, so we'll clean that up and share that with our audience. And thank you for being here and sharing your incredible knowledge and experience with myself and our audience. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the People Analytics Podcast powered by StaffGeek. If you or anyone you know is a leader in human resources or talent acquisition and would be interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to me at sean at staffgeek.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at staffgeek, S-T-A-F-F-G-E-E-K.com. We would love to share your valuable knowledge with our audience. At this point, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, StaffGeek. StaffGeek helps companies hire smarter, by increasing retention and combating turnover, all while reducing time to hire. They do this by creating a customized behavioral assessment around your company's unique culture. Armed with your FitTech assessment, you're able to evaluate which candidates are the right fit for your company's culture. Start hiring smarter today with StaffGeek. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to StaffGeek at hello at staffgeek.com or visit them on the web at staffgeek.com.